0: Leafs live to fight another day as they stave off elimination and force a Game 5 in Toronto. All that and more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily
1: podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome into the May 11th edition of the Locked On these podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DeStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother, on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morisuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Um... If you are an everydayer who listens to this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for checking back in. If you're new to the podcast, just know that we are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. So be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also check us out on YouTube as well, uh, where you can look us look up the video portion of the podcast. we got new content coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time. Uh, and today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And Dave, the Game Time app could come in handy on Friday for those who are living within the GTA, because there's another game gonna be going on, pal. The Leafs able to stay alive; they live to fight another day, and maybe did have a. Rather inspiring game, I would say. Saved their best game for when their backs were really up against the wall, I would say. Sheldon Keith also acknowledged that it's probably, you know, their best game of the season. Certainly their best game of the postseason. What'd you make of that effort, Dave? 2-1, they hang on to, to win it, but hey, they kept the season alive.
1: You, you, That looked like a team that wasn't ready to see their season end. Right. The effort that they put in, like it was huge. Sheldon Keefe was right. It was their best effort of the season because they were doing the, the little things that they needed to do to win. And eventually, yeah. Was it a, was not um, would you like to see this team score more than two goals in a game? Yes. But what they did to counter that was put in the effort defensively that had we hadn't really seen from the series, right? You know, the Panthers. Yeah, they made it close at the end, but the Leafs were making sure that nothing was going to be given free to this Panthers team. And yeah, that was the, big, that was the biggest uh, difference I noticed in this game from the other three.
0: Yeah, they really buckled down defensively, and they didn't allow a, a whole lot for for Florida. Like I, I, there weren't too many great A chances that the Panthers had throughout the entire game. I mean, natural Statric has them logged at eight high danger chances um, in this game. I, I, that seems a little high to me, to be honest with you. I mean, there there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities that they had, and that's mainly because the Maple Leafs did a really good job defending. They played tight. Um, they kept everything to the perimeter. They won some puck battles and 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 uh, some net front battles. They were blocking shots tonight. Twenty one block shots as a group. So I thought that this was uh, this was definitely as close to playoff hockey as. They've played all postseason. This is the way that you win games in the playoffs. Low event, tight, defensive hockey. And I thought that the Maple Leafs uh, were were able to come out and, and, you know, play that way and were able to come away with the victory. Um, What did you make of the big boys tonight? Because that was very clearly, you know, the big talking point coming into the game was, okay, we need to see more from 16 and 34 you know, Matt uh, Tavares, obviously, and 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 Nylander, and all them, but really, those two in particular, everybody wanted to to see those guys to make sure that they came out and played their best A game. Did you feel you got that out of them tonight?
1: I wouldn't say it was their A game, but it was their best game of the series. I would say, in terms of just effort both ways, I think games one and two, yeah, they probably had more scoring chances on net. But they weren't making the as many lazy plays. I'll say they weren't just trying to, you know, cheaply chip the puck out of the zone as much as they were doing in the other games. Right? What got them in trouble was what were those lazy plays that would back them up, and they would just it would just throw them into chaos. They wouldn't know how to defend the counterattack from the Panthers. Well, a lot of times in this game. You know, they took the effort to skate the puck down the ice a little bit more, not just throw it blindly out of the zone. So I, I thought it was a it was a better effort. I still think they have another gear to reach as a group, but again, it's they they knew they needed to to at least be better in this game and they can they can work off it. Of, they can build off of it. This is certainly a, a performance they can build off of. You just hope that they can reach that gear that we know that they can reach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a good way to put it. It, it. it's a step in the right direction for these guys for sure. I wouldn't say it was their A game by by any means, um, especially in the offensive end. And, and and you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world, I suppose, because um, they are taking care of of their rookie goaltender Joseph Wall, who you know we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but I'll say this though, like I I, I still I was uh, expecting for not just those guys, but actually the whole team. I was expecting for them to to shoot a little bit more tonight. Like I I didn't feel like it was a, a, a shooting gallery. Like maybe you would have anticipated where it was, guys. We just got to get pucks to the net, try and create rebounds, second, third opportunities. Maybe we get a deflection of uh, a tip, something. But we got to just get shots on goal and see if we can beat this guy. I didn't necessarily see that a whole lot tonight. Um, obviously the. The one Nylander scored was with some traffic in front of the net, so you know that that was, I guess, one where it was like, okay, just shoot on goal, and, and we'll see what happens. And it did turn out to be a, a goal, but only 45 shot attempts, which which you know you would expect to see a little bit more than that. 25 of them on net, not a whole lot of high danger chances. Um, Matthews, you know, four shots on goal. you you know, I kind of thought that he would be a shooting machine tonight, to be honest with you. Um, And not a whole lot in, in those high danger areas as well. But either way, man, they were able to get the win right at the end of the day, they were able to get the W and keep their season alive Um, really quickly before we kind of move on from talking about these big boys and we'll get to our first and, and we'll get to our three stars of the game as well. Um, or we'll kind of continue to break some things down here. But what did you make of the altercation at the end of the game, namely with with Mitch Marner and, and Matt Kachuk? I was having a conversation with a few buddies in a group chat. We seemed to be split. Some people didn't mind what happened, some people really didn't like what happened, and mainly from Marner's end. How did you feel about it?
1: I mean, like, what are you expecting Mitch Marner to do, really? Like we know what Matthew Kachuk can do. He's a very he's that's his game, right? He is going to put himself in those situations. Martyr doesn't. Like, just expect him to, to do it all of a sudden. I don't get it. And you know, like Mitch knows what Kachuk is trying to do. He has no desire to play that game. And I don't have a problem with Marta doing that because it's not his thing. I get that's gonna piss a lot of people off, but like it's almost like you're telling a dog to act like a cat. It's not... You just can't expect that to happen. Like, what do you want Marner to do? Really, realistically, he's outmatched physically. You know? I would like him to
0: not sit there and just willingly let himself get punched in the face. I'm not saying I need him to drop the gloves and mm-hmm. get into a fight with Kachuk. But, like, don't just sit there and literally take punches to the face like that. I mean, don't get ragdolled. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to drop the mitts, but you can stick up for yourself without having to do that. True. We saw... Did you see Jack Hughes the other day kind of get into a little bit of a wrestling match with Sebastian Ajo, something like that. Just hold the guy. Like, I don't know, give him a little bit of a face wash. Like the refs were right there. They weren't going to let Kachuk just completely tee off on you. So the least you could have done was, you know, show a little bit of pushback. Instead, he takes, you know, two, three shots to the face pretty cleanly and then just kind of stares and and, and laughs at Kachuk, I suppose, which I guess that's – that. That's kind of funny that he just laughed about it. Maybe he thinks he's getting an upper hand here, but I don't know. It just, it it reminded me kind of like when the Sedines used to get picked on, I guess, in in scrums a lot, they would get, you know, punched in the face and and it happened a lot because they knew that there was no way that they were going to show any amount of pushback. Well, same thing with Mitch Marner. I don't know. I, for me, I, I think it was, it was, it was a little soft. I, I needed to see, Something, not just sit there smiling and take those punches and get ragdolled like that. I don't know, kind of bugged me a little bit. I'll be honest.
1: I mean, my my biggest issue with it, with the whole situation, was like, what is Brandon Montour trying to do there? And then how come Sam Bennett is allowed to punch a guy with his gloves on? I thought that was against the code to be punching guys without gloves, like things like that. So, like, that was my big issue with it. Yeah, do you want Marner to? Maybe just you know, at least try to push back, Kachuk. Sure, I mean it reminds me a lot of when um, was it Ben Sherratt was doing that to Austin Matthews. A few, yeah, he's just laughing.
0: Ago. He's just smiling and laughing, yeah. thinking that like uh, I don't know. It just it, it did rub me the wrong way. Optically, I thought it made him look a little a little soft.
1: Yeah, I I just I I just know that Marner's not going to engage because he it's just not what he does. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Mitch Marner mix it up in a scrum. I,
0: I haven't, but I've also never seen this much pressure on him. And, and you would think mm. that at some point, you know, the pressure will get to a boiling point where you do kind of unleash and, and you do something uncharacteristic. That would have been a time where I think that could have been, you know, a chance to do that an opportunity to do that, you know, come out of your shell a little bit and maybe get into it a little bit with, with Kachuk. But anyways, is what it is. I guess we, we don't ex- expect to see that from Mitch Marner. But, uh, you know, sometimes in the playoffs, though, you you got to play a little different. and You got to play with a little bit more edginess. And eh, he didn't quite do that tonight. And maybe that's why he didn't get himself in front of the net a whole lot either. I don't know. But um, we'll see. Game five, uh, we'll see if the animosity kind of carries into – that game between he, he and Kachuk, like they go, they go way back. Like they're boys yeah. from, they won a championship together with the London Knights. Like they're, they're buddies. So they kind of are, you know, they still respect each other and they kind of are trying to get under each other's skin. I know what Kachuk's doing obviously, but still you gotta, you gotta show a little bit of pushback if you're Mitch Marner in, in my opinion, but Hey, what do I know? I'm not making 11 sheets like that guy. So yeah. Is what it is, I suppose. All right, let's take a, a quick break, Dave. When we get back, let's dive more into this game. We'll do our three stars of the night. And uh, the Ted Lindsey Award uh, finalists have been named. One kind of shocked me. I, I don't know where you stand on that. I will want to get your thoughts on it a little bit later on. Uh, But we'll get the three stars on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morasuti with me. You're listening to Locked On These Podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. And before we continue, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. It's game time. Uh, Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best-price guarantee – you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. Uh, give images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morisuti. We are your hosts here at Locked On Lease. If you are a daily and everydayer here on the Locked On Lease podcast, part of the family here, we appreciate you as always. If you're new, hopefully you've enjoyed uh, the conversation so far and continue to and, uh, you know, hit that little subscribe button and become part of the Locked On Lease family. You can join the Discord app as well. Where things are always popping off in there, um, you can put the, the the link. We'll put the link down below, and you can join the discard Gord channel if you'd like. Um, all right, buddy. Maple Leafs two one win to keep their season alive. What else uh, stuck out to you about tonight's game?
1: Um, well, I, I the block you mentioned the block shots earlier. I thought that was huge. Um, I I just think the speed that the Leafs played with. I thought they were a, a much faster team and. Not just uh, fast in terms of the offensive and transition plays, but in their own zone, they were quick to get to those. Uh, if a Panther guy got open, the Leafs were right there, you know, defending them. They weren't giving the Panthers much space in the offensive zone. Sure, there was the you know a couple of times where a Panther guy kind of got a little open, but um, I thought the Leafs were doing a much better job closing out and boxing out players that we hadn't really seen. And I'll give a minor shout out to Justin Hall. I don't think he was bad tonight. He wasn't excellent. I thought the power, the goal on the penalty kill, I thought he could have played that better. But I wasn't worried when I saw him play. And that's a very, that's a rarity when it comes to Justin Hall.
0: That's a strong comment coming from you. For me, it probably wouldn't have meant much coming from you, though. That is a strong comment about Justin Hall. Yeah, yeah. I just thought like defensively the whole team was was pretty solid tonight. Like, you know, you, you just look at what they're able to do and limit a lot of, of chances tonight. I mean, you look at the expected goals for Florida, I guess it was what, uh, at all strengths, expected to score two goals, which I think is the least that they had allowed, I suppose, in terms of um, the rest of the season. Only six slot shots on net the entire game for the Florida Panthers, and they only had two chances off the rush tonight. And rush chances has really been something that Mm -hmm. Toronto had been giving them a lot of uh, in this series, and they've been burned on it quite often as well. So tonight... Not allowing that to happen, staying in front of um, the pot carriers and, and forcing them all to the outside, and making sure that uh, you know Joseph Wall was was taking a lot of rubber from from out wide, and also uh, not a whole lot of bodies in front for him to fight through. A lot of you know distance shooting, and he came up uh, he came up pretty big tonight. First uh, rookie to win a his first start um, since nineteen ninety three. Uh, I think was the number there. Felix, the cat pop band was the last time a rookie had made a, a start um, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Joe Walt able to, uh, to make that happen. Last time, you know, 1993, we know what happened in 93, right? They they did make it to the conference final. So who knows? Is that an omen? I guess we'll, uh, we'll find out. There's still a lot more hockey to be played. I do want to give a, a special shout out to, um, to, to Luke Shen though. And in particular, that play uh, that oh. he made on verhagi like I, I thought that was, that was going to be tie game right there. And pr- that could have been the series like that. That would have been such a deflating goal if they allowed that, uh, that to go in, but to go down for a block and then make the the realization when Verhage adjusts to try and get around him to adjust yourself and knock the puck off his stick, I thought was a terrific, terrific play by Luke Shen and And, I don't want to get ahead of myself and say it was series saving, but like if that ends up in the back of the net, who knows what happens in this game? Uh, that was a great play by Luke Shen and deserved its own little shout out, uh, and it gets a kind of a star all on its own. Uh, let's get to our three stars as we bring up some uh, some stars here. I suppose uh, who was your third star for tonight's game,
1: Dave? It, it was actually Luke Shen. Oh, there you go. Like, just talk about not giving up on a play. Like, yeah, as you said, that was a game-saving, potentially season-saving play that he made. And I just like his game so much. I just like what he brings to the line. It's quiet. And, you know, when he sees a guy open for a hit, he's not letting up. And I just, it warms my heart to see that, to see that somebody is willing to finish checks, make guys, you know, think twice when they're, you know, just kind of, sliding around in the offensive zone, like, in their, you know, in the Leafs defensive zone. Like, I do like that he is out there making those plays. He's not putting himself in terrible spots, you know, pinching. Like, once in a while, he'll go and he'll pinch, but he's responsible with it. Um, You know, I I think he's come as advertised, uh, and I think he's been one of the more consistent defensemen on this Leafs team
0: yeah absolutely uh he has been he's he's been terrific honestly game in game out um i thought tonight uh, again just some some really sound play from him on on both ends of the ice and um i'm just pulling up his stat line here because i don't think he played a whole lot only 14 minutes of ice time um is what he played tonight he how is he not credited for uh oh no he was okay i was gonna say how's that credited for a blocked shot he was two blocked shots he had a hit um, but he was just playing smart, smart with the puck yeah. and smart, uh, defending as well. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a good choice for 69% expected goals tonight too. So, uh, he was winning a lot of the shifts when he was out there for the Maple Leafs. Um, I want to give one to, uh, you know, another depth guy you gave it to Luke Shen. I'm oh, gonna you it to David camp. I thought camp had another really solid game, you know, doesn't play a whole lot. You know, and with this makeshift fourth line being eleven and seven, he kind of has to play with a bunch of different uh, different people. But I feel like every time he's out there, that they, they seem to be at least getting the puck out of their end and into the offensive zone. They seem to be spending a lot more time in the O-zone. And considering that this is a a, a group with David Camp, who literally had zero offensive zone starts, to win sixty-eight percent of your minutes, I think is is quite something. And a lot of that has to do with his success. He's had in the faceoff circle this entire series. He was what? thirteen and one in the last game. he was seventy eight percent again tonight, perfect in the defensive uh, defensive zone. So David Camp is somebody who I think uh, deserves some love and deserves some credit because he's he's doing some good things for this team defensively. and and you know, I thought that uh, the hit on him that Radko Gudis laid, uh, that was that was dirty. I thought that yeah, that but- was extremely late. Could have called the boarding. Could have called the roughing. Could have called the charging. Could have called—I uh, don't know—whatever the hell you want. Realistically, roughing,
1: like. yeah,
0: like you could have called a bunch of different penalties there. The fact that there wasn't one, I thought, was kind of uh, kind of nonsense to me There was a, the officiating today was was interesting. Let me tell you that. we'll, we'll get to the bunting yeah. thing in just a second. But boy, um, either way, just to wrap up on on David Camp, I, I think that you know he had a bit of a, a quiet. Um, a quiet series in Tampa, but I think the last couple of games here, it's been one of the better players for the Maple Leafs. He's been consistent shift to shift and he's winning a lot of his minutes. And uh, that's, that's what you want to see from your fourth line, right? They're not giving up a whole lot and they're generating some, some chances as well. So uh, David camp gets my third star. Who gets your second star,
1: Dave? Uh, I'm going to give it to one of the core four. And it's going to be William Nylander. Hmm. I, I thought you know he looked really good. He especially you know with the puck, he was making some smart plays, getting deep into the zone. He he like every time he was in the offensive zone, he had the puck on his stick. I thought a great scoring chance was going to come out of it. Um, you know the goal, the power play goal. I was like, if this if this if he didn't score there, like just just wrap it up. The hockey gods are against the Leafs. Like it's just not happening. Like. I just think he's he just knows how to play in these moments. Sure, we haven't seen it the last three games, but it feels like he's he's someone that can step up. It doesn't get bogged down too much by the pressure out of all the core four. I think he's the one that's shown that he can he can bring it more than the others. And I think he did tonight.
0: Yeah, he's also my second star. I mean, he said ahead of the game. He's like, This is this is it's gonna be fun, right? When he was asked about the pressure, he's like, No, it's gonna be fun. He's like, why is it? Like, well, you know, this is when you got to play your best. And, you know, I thought William Nylander was the best player on the ice tonight. He was, he was, you know, outstanding. Whenever he touched the puck, he it looked like he was going to be a threat to score for sure. I thought that he was buzzing around, you know, great back check as well. Um, he had that one rush that he broke up just by, you know, hustling back and, and breaking up a play on a, on an odd man rush. Um, so that was good. And, and we saw him winning some battles, you know, some zone entries and obviously the goal just, Take it to the net, Will. How, how many times do we tell him? He's at his best when he's attacking the net, and that's exactly what happened. He attacks the net, and it kind of gets a lucky bounce, right? Goes, ends up, you know, going off the post, off the player, and into the net. But either way, he took it to the net and scored the goal. So, um, William Nylander, I thought, uh, yeah, just like you, you did. I thought he had a great game tonight as well. It was certainly the the best Maple Leaf uh, forward, and has really been, I would say, for the the last couple of games here. Um, who's your number one star tonight?
1: I got to give it to Joseph wall just yeah. for, for the spot he was in, you know, it didn't look like he had a hard night, but that's because he made it easy on himself, right? Positioning. He was strong. Didn't give up those, you know, juicy rebounds that you, you know, you, you see from you know, a player that might be a little bit, you know, nervous to get his first playoff start. I thought, you know, he he was his positioning was really good and you know, there's confidence there, right? Like it was you probably were a little worried about what how he was going to react to the situation, but I think he showed from the last game from being brought into game 3 in a tough situation that he can he can provide some confidence in between the pipes. And I think he did that with this game and I said if the Leafs were going to have to come back in this series, your goaltender has to have a performance like this. You allow only one goal, you're going to give your team a pretty good chance. And the goal he allowed could have also been stopped because it got trickled behind him. But there was an opportunity for it to be knocked away. Like yeah. he was, he was pitching shutout for most of that game. Like you could not have asked for anything more from Joseph Wall in this game.
0: Yeah, I thought that he played. Uh, he played extremely well tonight as uh, tonight too. I am curious though, Dave. Million dollar question here: If Samsonov's good to go in Game Five, who do you who do you uh, who do you give the job to to start in that game?
1: Oh man, I, I, I'm I'm liking Joseph Wall right now. I just think he's looked he he the confidence he's shown. I this isn't the first time we've seen this from Joseph Wall. He's been thrown into situations in those last few weeks of the season where. The Leafs were trying to give Samsonov some time off and Murray wasn't available.
0: It's just such a small sample size. It is. Coming into tonight, he had made seven starts on the season. Yep. And now all of a sudden you're putting your faith of the entire year, and we know the pressure that's on this team to -hmm. succeed this year. So basically the pressure of the future of this franchise on this 25-year-old who's played seven games this season, 13 NHL games in his entire career.
1: Hey, you know, what? if you look at the goaltending in this in these playoffs, there are teams who are like, did you think Vegas was going to give Laurent Possois the net? I didn't really think that if you look at the uh, way
0: he finished, uh, didn't he finish the year like 10 and one?
1: Yeah, he had a good good end to the year. You look at the Devils like I did not think anyone but Vitek Vanacek was going to get the net really. I mean, now it's kind of proven to be the right move with the way he's playing but there, there are teams putting in goaltenders right now that I would not have expected just because you need more than one goalie now to perform. And Samsonov has done very well. He's the reason why the Leafs were in the position they're in. But at the same time in the three games, there were some nervous, there were some shaky moments from him. And if there's any question about his health, I think I, I don't know if he's going to come back anytime soon. That, that collision was pretty bad. I if he's not a hundred percent healthy, I just don't know if you want to put him in that situation too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think if he was a hundred percent like the problem is there been some signs even prior to that collision that he was dealing with something. And that was yep. kind of the cherry on top. So I think for that reason I, I'm with you where if Samsonov isn't a hundred percent and he can't perform at the the height of his game, that the Maple Leafs need of him, then yeah, I think you stick with Joseph Wall, who's played great and has won seven straight starts now. At seven starts in a row, that this guy has been able to uh, to rattle off and win. So they're winning games with this dude in net, and it's all they, they just need to win games right now. Can't afford a loss. Simply cannot afford to lose no. in the next three games here. So yeah, I think you roll with uh, roll with the hot hand. You, you roll with Wall. I think is, is, is what you're going to have to do. Um, I gave my number one star to, I I just like team defense, you know, I kind of cheated a little bit, but I'm just giving it to team defense. Uh, We talked about it quite a bit earlier, how well, uh, you know, I thought that the whole team played, you know, really, really tight. Didn't allow a, a whole lot on wall. Like I said, it was like five slot, six slot shots, the entire game, only two odd man rushes, not a whole lot of scoring chances. None, you know, of which that were of any danger, I would say. And you look at the expected numbers, the underlying numbers for the top six of the Florida Panthers, that Kachuk line who dominated the Maple Leafs in game one, just a 27% expected goals. The Barkoff and Verhaggy line, even worse, 21% of the expected goals when those guys were out there on the ice. They completely dominated the 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 top six of the Florida Panthers. And made them kind of defend, as opposed to getting in on the offensive. And hey, that's a recipe for success as well. So I thought that uh, they did a good job of, of defending as a team, as a group, didn't allow a whole lot. And hey, turning defense into offense sometimes the best offense is a good defense. And I thought tonight, yep. uh, you know, was 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 you know, maybe you could use that um, that phrasing if you would want uh, in in this game here. Um, all right. Really quickly before we, we take a break here. Actually, you know what? Let's take a break. Let's come back. I, I got to get your thoughts on this Michael Bunting thing because there's no way that that was not a four-minute penalty. We got to chat about it really quickly. And then uh, the league has put out the finalist for the Ted Lindsay Award for the NHL's best player as voted by the players themselves. We'll tell you who. Made the top three, one of which bit of a surprise in my opinion. We'll get to that next. Welcome back into the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. I've got Dave Morasuti with me. Uh, Leafs able to stay alive with a 2-1 win over the Florida Panthers. Um, so there was a situation in this game, Dave, where Michael Bunting took a high stick to the face and did draw a penalty. They scored on that ensuing power play, which is great. However, controversy as Michael Bunting only got a or as uh, only a two minute penalty was given, yet Michael Bunting was bleeding, Dave. According to the rule book, if you have a high sticking call that draws blood, that is an automatic four minute double minor. Why on earth was that not a four minute double minor?
1: I just don't know if the refs didn't realize that he had cut himself like, but like on that play, I don't know if they thought that was something from before I have no explanation for it. And like, but you could tell like how
0: red it was like that. That was fresh. That was fresh blood.
1: Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know if they thought that it wasn't enough (laughs) to like to constitute calling it. Like I I think Friedman, when he was short, Ellie Friedman was talking about in the intermission. He'd say, Oh, Actually, no. Wait, somebody else was. I think Friedman was on that interjected because they're like, uh, maybe it wasn't enough time." Like it was like, "No, that
0: exa was saying that there may not." Yeah. And then Friedman's like, "Nah, there was." And and I'm with Friedman on that. Yeah, exactly. There was yeah. enough time because they they. It, I don't understand. You should have had until the drop of the puck to change your mind. How often do referees get together and do a little huddle yeah. and reverse a call or do like that happens all the time. I don't understand why. You know, this didn't happen here. They were hurt. They, they huddle back be like, oh, actually, he's bleeding. It's a double minor. Hey, uh, timekeeper, it's actually going to be a four-minute penalty here because uh, there's now blood that's been drawn. I mean, it, I think there should be until puck drop, right? And you saw the interaction, Michael Bunting showing the official saying, look, I'm bleeding. Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm bleeding. It should be a four-minute penalty. The puck hadn't dropped at that point. So to yeah. me – there is no excuse no excuse no. whatsoever for that not to have been a double minor
1: yeah i i mean i just shake my head at the officials at this point it just seems like we we're, we're we're guessing every time we think oh that should be a call oh wait no okay never mind like it, it, it this is this is the issue the nhl has put themselves into with each and every situation that comes like this it's just like what what should the fa- what should fans expect because yeah, I understand. Fan, you know, we don't understand everything. It's like we're not professionals. We don't do this every day. But if if many people see this, and now people who are you know critiquing the game, who are analyzing the game, are seeing it, it's it's getting very hard to ignore, in my opinion. Well.
0: Dude, I, I even I even reached out to to you know one of my contacts and in, in, in the NHL and I said hey is this is this um, is this penalty open for interpretation? Is it at the discretion of the official? Because I was always under the impression that if it draws blood, it's an automatic double minor. And I was told, No, it's not up to the interpretation. There's no discretion. It is the case. However, he and his thought was they originally when they originally looked at him, there was no blood. So then they made the call, but then it came and they just didn't reverse it once the blood finally kind of got there, which, again, is stupid. Like you yeah. could have easily just been like, oh, actually, add another two minutes onto that clock like that. That's that's how you easily could have done that. Now, the other conversation or should I say the other uh controversial conspiracy theory is keep in mind who that penalty was against was there a trust factor or an, a, a non-trust factor that maybe Michael Bunting cut himself like that that is now the conspiracy that that the officials didn't believe that Bunting got the cut by the play and that he actually ended up cutting himself somehow. And then drew blood and tried to get the additional time, and that's why the referees did not give him the additional two minutes because they didn't believe it. Because it's Michael Bunting. Do you believe? I made a you joke. Subscribe to that theory.
1: I made that joke. I have hardly. I made that joke in a couple of group chats because people were like, "Oh, how is that not a call? I said, oh, They probably thought Michael Bunting just did it to himself. So I, 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 I'm, I'm not of the th- belief that this was a reputation thing. Very well could have been. I mean, you can't discount that with the way that things have gone uh, for the Leafs and against the Leafs so far in these playoffs. But yeah, I I just think, you know, it just makes the NHL look bad. It makes the officials look bad and they're going to have to live with those things, right? Like, it's not gonna be ignored because the you no know, everybody it's it's a national broadcast. It's not something that's just gonna, oh you know, this just happened in a in a regional game. Like, no, this is like Stanley Cup playoffs primetime, national TV, people are seeing this. So at some point, it's gonna be hard to to hide from these sort of things. So if if there is a bias against Michael Bunting, eh? at some point you're going to be able to put the evidence out there and saying there's enough evidence to say that suggests that maybe there is a bit of a bias going towards them for sure.
0: I just like Dave, you know, you know, this, you know, me, I, I never ever like to blame officials for, for losses. I don't get on them. I don't, I don't like I'll point out like, Oh, there were some weird things going on, but I never, never ever say the officials cost the Leafs, the game or anything like that. Like I don't go that far, but and, again, they didn't cost the Leafs anything in this game. But you look at, like, a lot of plays tonight, not too sure where the, where the cross-checking was uh, for Justin Hall. Unfortunately, his stick was already basically broken, and it just disintegrated in his hand when Kachuk skated back into him. And, uh, okay, so that's a penalty. But that was just very unlucky. And then you see the Radko Gudis hit on David Kampf, And there's no call there, no penalty on that one. And then you fast forward to the Michael Bunting situation where it was only a single or a minor instead of a double minor. And it's like, what is going on here? Like, what is really going on here? Uh, But hey, they won. It's not like the refs cost them the game or anything. But uh, that, that Bunting one in particular, for sure is something that uh, caught a lot of people's attention because it was very weird to see. He's bleeding, should be four minutes, and it wasn't, and they didn't change it. They had a chance to and just flat out didn't. I wish we could hear from them. I wish that the NHL would adopt some sort of like officials report after the game, kind of like the the NBA does their last two-minute report. I wish the NHL would do something like that where it's like, you know, these controversial calls, you know, just get... Get uh, Just hear from them. Understand what's happening. Like why. I just want to like that one in particular. It was it very clearly was blood. The rules state that that yeah. should have been a penalty. Why wasn't it? Explain yourself.
1: Well, why wasn't it an extra two minutes? That's what I mean.
0: Why wasn't it an extra, an extra penalty? Yes. The, the double minor. Explain yourself. Yeah. Makes no sense.
1: The NFL does it. The uh, The NBA does it. I don't think MLB does it or at least MLB. I think they make their officials, the umpires available in some regard. Well, you can
0: go and speak to the umpires. Like they're not completely hidden from the media. You can go and speak to them if, if you wish. And if they want to talk to you, which I don't know, maybe the, the officials, the hockey officials, maybe the same way. I'm, I'm not sure to be quite honest with you, but what I will say is, uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't see it happening realistically. It's just, it's, it's not going to, um, but the MLB does have like, there's that website or that Twitter account that tracks like all the balls and strikes. So it's like, that keeps them accountable. I suppose is like how good they are at their job. Like as as a, as an umpire pretty much, especially a home plate umpire, it's pretty much, uh, okay. Well, how often are you calling balls, balls and strikes strikes? if you got a pretty good success rate in calling correct ones, eh, you're probably pretty good at your job. I don't know if there's people that actually sit there and you know track penalties and, and and you know discuss whether or not, you know some penalties are called or missed or what it is, but you know some sort of accountability on yeah. officials. I I know there is internally and that's how you find out who gets to ref in the playoffs and the Stanley Cup finals. I just wish there was some public information, a little bit of transparency. But uh, I, I, again, don't expect us to get that. Uh, really quickly, Dave, before we leave, the uh, Ted Lindsay, You know, Boston Matthews will not be, uh, you know, going back to back here. He was not nominated for the Ted Lindsey Award. I don't think anybody is shocked to uh, to hear that one. But there is one name that kind of caught me off guard a, a little bit, and I'll explain why. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. So the two names that I think were, were no brainers, Car McDavid, obviously. Uh David Pasternak makes a whole lot of sense. Are you surprised that the players voted Eric Carlson as the third best player in the NHL this season?
1: A little bit. I, I, I was, I understand he had an art like an amazing season. Like we hadn't seen a defensive put up the numbers that he put up.
0: Yeah, and he had like over 100 points, which is insane. Well, I
1: can understand that. But at the same time, the guy put up 101 points, but it was also a minus 26. Yeah. like
0: That's that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, offensively, yeah, he was outstanding. But defensively, a little
1: bit of a He's not even the best defenseman in the NHL. Like if I'm picking one defenseman to start my NHL team, if I had to pick up the litter, He's near the top of my list.
0: Actually, no, I have a name in mind. You tell me who's at the top of your
1: list. It's Kale McCarr for me. Like, what? Yeah,
0: that, that, that? That should have been the name that I thought of, but it wasn't <laughs> the name really? you
1: thought Kale of. Kale
0: McCarr is definitely the right answer there.
1: I was going to say Adam Fox because like, Adam, Adam Fox Boston, isn't far behind. He's in my top three.
0: Yeah, for me, I was thinking more so like, I was thinking of a defensive guy who's like super, super. Yeah. You know, responsible on his own end, but also provides offense. Like, yeah, Kel McCarr is the right answer, though, I guess. Uh, he's, I not a mi-
1: he, he's not a minus 26. He's a plus 20. He was like a plus 28 or something. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I, I was a little surprised to see Carlson pop up here as, uh, as the player's choice for the third best player. I don't know, maybe like Leon Dreisaitl, perhaps. Like that guy was unbelievable this season. Yeah. Right. Like Kachuk had an unreal year. Uh,
1: who That's else? what I was surprised Rantanen. about.
0: Rantanen had a 50 goal season. Like there were so many guys who just absolutely killed it this year. Kutrav had 113 points, McKinnon had 111 points. You know, like there's just so many guys who were just terrific players all season long. I don't know. It just kind of surprised me.
1: It, it did surprise me. And I, I mean, Maybe it's be just because of how many points Carlson had. And I guess maybe, okay, the players really do value that. But I thought players also really do value defense, and I guess they don't. Yeah. So.
0: Well, it doesn't really matter. It's going to go to Conor McDavid <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so. we're,
1: we're talking about a nomination. Yeah. It, it's like you had to nom Guys, you got to pick a third player. Yeah, but it, we know it, it's time kind with of, guys. You have to vote for a third player. Okay, uh Eric Carlson, sure. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, he's got nice hair, so we'll give it to yeah. EK. That was that was it. That was the, that was the big reason. That was the tipping point for why Eric Carlson was was put in the top three. All right, buddy. Uh well, the Leafs live to fight another day, which means we get to continue on this journey through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We don't have to do the post mortem content quite yet maybe we won't ever have to maybe i did say this on the podcast yesterday that i felt that the maple Leafs were either going to be swept or complete the reverse sweep well they were not swept so can they now complete the reverse sweep only need to win three in a row they've won three in a row many times this season many times if they play like they They did just had
1: a six game winning streak come to an end
0: there you go Florida won three games twice in a row, technically, so it's yep. it's it's possible. I'm saying there's a chance, and the chance is a lot greater today than it was yesterday. Because let's also remember, what's uh, what's the series at right now? Three one. How safe is a three one series lead, Dave?
1: Hmm, I, I wonder if the Panthers know.
0: <laughs> a three-one series lead should be safe, but you know it doesn't always end that way. Doesn't always end that way. So there is a chance, Dave. There's a chance. Uh, we'll come back tomorrow to help uh, tee things up for a game number five in Toronto. So uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown These Podcast on all podcasts and platforms, including up on YouTube um, for daily Maple Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morris Sudi Also follow the show at Locked on Leafs. We're back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.